Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and three films up for review this week. First up is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is based on the video game and a sequel to the other film based on the video game. Then there's All the Old Knives, which is a CIA thriller, and finally the documentary Cow. And also, just a quick plug, Everything Everywhere All at Once is now out in wide release. One of my favorite films of the year, if not competing for one of my favorite films of all time, so go check that one out. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? First up is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and I will fully admit that I enjoyed the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie. You know, I went in with pretty low expectations because when you hear video game adaptation, that already has a ton of baggage. And then when you hear they're adapting Sonic the Hedgehog, which is a game not exactly known for its plot, you go, is this really a great idea? But I thought the first one was charming and fun, and it's also one of the last movies I saw before theaters shut down, so maybe it got an extra little boost from that but I also just had a decent time it wasn't anything more than it pretended to be but it also had a surprising amount of heart for an adaptation of Sonic the Hedgehog so no surprise that they made a sequel it does feel like they rushed it a little bit but given how successful the first one was this kind of felt inevitable and unfortunately the sequel is not as good maybe because the first one actually gave us expectations for the franchise to live up to but James Marsden, Jim Carrey, Tika Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, Adam Pally, and Lima Jube all return, as does, of course, Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, and this time we're joined by Idris Elba as Knuckles, Colleen O'Shaughnessy as Tails, and Shamar Moore has a part in this, and, you know, I still enjoyed the movie, I almost in spite of myself, which is a terrible thing to say about a film, but I still, you know, there were times I laughed. I think the first half is actually much stronger than the second half. When I started watching it, it was pretty overwhelming for the first few sequences. I almost tapped out and I was like, oh no, I forgot how just sort of energetic this can be. And then right when I was on the verge of being like, oh, do I really want to finish this movie? It had a moment of calm and quiet. And I was like, oh, okay, this is sweet. I think they maybe sort of know what they're doing. The second half gets bogged down in sort of an absurd plot. Uh, Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik comes back and, and, you know, tries to seek his revenge on Sonic and he teams up with Knuckles in this one because crazy lore reasons that make absolutely no sense and this is where it starts getting lost and muddy and then the second half of it turns into what feels like almost a platformer uh, video game. This is where it gets too video gamey and not enough plot, heart, etc. And then like the end of it just felt like it was mirroring the end structure of the story of the first Sonic movie. So we're not reinventing the wheel here. But I did, again, the first half, there were some parts where I was like, this is very absurd. And some of this humor is very adult, not adult, but, uh, you know, it, it it's more aimed at adults maybe than is young children, which is nice because there's also plenty of zany jokes for younger children. But it was nice to be like, oh, okay, there's some material here that an older audience can appreciate that isn't pandering. Also, I, I realized that I didn't know who Natasha Rothwell was when I watched the first one, so I sort of resented her character. And then, of course, I watched Insecure during the pandemic and now am obsessed with her, and also uh, White Lotus. But, you know, so I, I just found myself uh, more enjoying her part in this, even though her character did not change. So that's a strange sort of context thing, but that's just me. Anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's not going to be as sweet as the first one and and I think sweet was an important part I think the innocence of Sonic is what carries it through and allows you to sort of forgive his uh <laughs> I don't want to say annoyingness but I want to say annoyingness uh his enthusiasm his overly enthusiastic moments so uh, you know it's still fine to go see I'm not advocating you go see it I think if you are a parent with kids it, it's a totally fine outing you won't completely rip your hair out of your head if you are just a Sonic the Hedgehog fan you'll probably enjoy it like if you liked the first movie I think you'll be fine with the second movie you just won't be as impressed by it so I'm gonna give it three out of five I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back and I'm back 
Next up, I have a film called All the Old Knives. It's out in theaters, but it's also on Amazon Prime, and it stars Chris Pine, Tandy Newton, Lawrence Fishburne, and Jonathan Price. And it's a CIA thriller. Uh, it, it takes place in sort of it's modern day. It takes place in modern day, and it follows all these agents. There was a huge, horrible terrorist incident that happened in the 20, early 2010s. I don't think it's based on a true story, but it happens in the early 2010s, and then 10, 12 years later, we are do opening an investigation into it to see what went wrong. Was there something, you know, was there something amiss? Was there an insider in it? And so Chris Pine and Tandy Newton play ex-lovers who are also CIA agents, and, you know, he's investigating her and all this stuff. And the thing about this film that was the most frustrating to me is that show me things, don't tell me things. And this film really relied on each of the characters narrating like what actually happened and then suddenly we get cuts of you know their point of view that there was no groundwork for laying you know in terms of like ah yes I could see how this person did this twist and turn or this person I'm suspicious that this person did it because of this scene you showed me earlier not because you're telling me that maybe this person did it because you know whatever it is it just there were so many moments where I was like this could have been a really strong cool thriller etc but Instead, it felt simplistic almost or that it didn't trust its audience to to pick up on clues and things like that. And I, I don't enjoy when that happens. I almost wanted to say that this is a movie I'd be like, oh, my dad would probably like this because it's a, you know, he likes Cold War spy. Not Cold War. This is not Cold War. But he likes spy stuff, that type of thing. But then there's just a lot. I, I also felt like there was a gratuitous amount of sex between Chris Pine and Teddy Newton in this film. And some of it I was like, logistically, I don't know how this worked, but OK, fine, sure, whatever. I feel like they had a couple days on set. They're like, you guys, we're going to shoot a couple love scenes. Ready? Ready. You know, they have like a decent amount of chemistry in those scenarios. But I just, it just felt a little jarring given all the other stuff that was going on. And I didn't feel like there were a ton of stakes and stakeholders. And I also, it's one of those movies where I was like, oh, you only had the cast together for maybe two to three days of shooting. And so that's why you had to sort of segment out all the storytelling of hey, we're going to show this person doing this thing, but we're not going to show them all together and plant the seeds of doubt and all that stuff. And I get it. It's hard to make a movie. I don't I don't fault them on that. You know, it wasn't bad, bad, but it wasn't good. And it felt like it should have been good. It had all the DNA to be good. And that's always a bummer. That's almost more disappointing. There are some very beautiful shots in it. And I was like, I also feel like you had one location for an extended amount of time and you're like, we're going to film half the movie here because it's controlled and it looks beautiful on film and or digital, whatever they shot it on. But, you know, those moments do not a movie make. The plot and the characters are the most important. Also, the character motivations were... Uh, I, I don't want to go too much into it, but I just... At the end of the day, all the old knives felt kind of lackluster. And again, that's a shame because you do have pretty talented people involved. So because it is on streaming as well... I'm not going to say you you should not absolutely should not watch this movie, but I'm also not going to vehemently recommend it if that makes sense. So I'm going to give All the Old Knives 2.7 out of 5. And then the last film I have this week is a documentary called Cow. And hi, oh, what a, as someone who I generally actually am lactose intolerant, just fun story for everyone. So I don't drink milk milk. But I do enjoy milk byproducts. Like, I love cheese. Who doesn't love cheese? I like ice cream, you know, and I eat burger slash beef. And so watching this movie, I now don't know if I can do any of these things. It's not a scary, sad, exploitative, in-your-face look documentary look at the milk industry, dairy industry. But it is 
in your face. Like the first scene, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. The first scene, you are watching a cow give birth. And you are watching a cow give birth up close and personal. And then it is heartbreaking because you watch this cow, this baby, you know, some cow has given birth to a baby calf. And then the calf is immediately taken away so they can go milk the cow. Because in order to have dairy cows and have them continue producing milk for our consumption, they have to continue to produce milk. And you do that when you've had a baby. So the film is very it, this film is gorgeously shot it's beautiful it takes place on a dairy farm I think in England and we follow so we follow this mom cow who has given birth to this baby calf we follow the calf a little bit and then we follow her journey which I can't believe I'm saying this about a cow her journey again and just the process of dairy farming and I don't get the sense necessarily I could be wrong I don't think this is I'm sure there are worse dairy farms than the one that they have chosen for this one you know the conditions seem fine I think the industry just as a whole is probably a lot darker than most of us realize and that is it's a startling thing to come to as a realization and also there's not like there's not title cards there's not plot you just sort of follow along and I loved that in that you know we're kind of viewing it from the perspective of the cow so like things are happening and you don't know why which is exactly what this cow is probably going to like this baby cow doesn't know why it's being separated from its mom the mom doesn't know why the baby's been oh god the, the heartbreaking moves of the cows like trying to call to each other it's just whoo it's a lot it's also you know you're gonna see a lot of nature things um I don't I think I could have gone my entire life without seeing a bull's penis but here we are I could have gone my entire life without seeing a cow umbilical cord or you know a cow uterus but again here we are and uh, yet again beautifully shot you just follow along and you're along for the ride and you're, I just became constantly worried about the fate of these cows. Uh, you get very attached to them. There's not, you know, they, there are humans in it, but they're not characters or they're like background characters. This is really about the cow perspective, which, you know, is a pretty wild filmmaking thing, but it really works. It's from director Andre Arnold, who did a film called Fish Tank that I think is hard and dark and brilliant and also she did uh, Wuthering Heights and American Honey which I've mixed on she's also a director on Transparent and Big Little Lies but I think this is her first documentary and it's it's well done it's really well done it's just if you ever want to eat dairy products again I don't know if you want to watch this movie <laughs> but I guess I recommend you watch this movie because it's just a it's a smart film it's beautiful it's short it it just works so I'm going to give Cow four out of five that has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.